0: On a mission to explore the far reaches of cinema three daring adventures dive deep into the criterion and beyond these are the tales of their adventures
1: this is Sinanots. hey this
2: is ian i'm boom
1: this is catcher and just like that the Sinanots are back for another edition of Cynonauts and the City this week. We're going to be talking about, and just like that, episode six. And a kind of weird discussion for Sex and the City season five and like the first part of 6A. Mm -hmm. Uh, As we were planning this, Boom astutely noted that season five doesn't really have a plot because the writer's strike happened. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker got pregnant or was pregnant. So there was some some timing issues there. Uh, So we're going to do season five and a bit of season six. And you know what? It would not be sending in the city without a special guest, mm-hmm. a neophyte to the church of Bradshaw, <laughs> <laughs> dear friend of the podcast and a villager over at 70 millimeter millimeter and host of the Ammonite movie night podcast. Our dear friend, Kev, Kev, how are you?
0: Oh, Hey guys. It's such an honor to be here. Kev. Um, if you told me a year ago that I would be here with you, I wouldn't believe it. And to
1: talk sex in the city, I would believe you even less. So
2: <laughs> I
1: feel like how the tables have turned. Right. I
2: feel like I've always known Kev would eventually be here with us. But I've especially considering he is such like a criterion junkie. We th- figured it would be that for that. But no, it's for for sex in the city. So listen,
1: the the real criteria. That's right. <laughs>
2: we'll get kev on
1: you know we'll, we'll we'll get kev on for the regular show later our other guests so far have all been sex in the city super fans uh including your three hosts here so we know kev went on a little journey of his own he saw we were doing this and decided to take the plunge and watch everything along uh, ahead of this actually so he's you've watched all six seasons and both movies now right for your first time ever
0: Yeah, you know it was great. Once I finished Sex in the City two, I uh, you know got through and just like that. And you said on the first episode that you were doing a watch along for the second one, so (laughs) there was no reason for me to have watched it at all.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I apologize. This is perfect. Apologize if you have to take the time to watch that again. I just, I
3: just love this because it's like if you're a fan of Sex in the City, assuming Kevin has watched all this and is a fan, we'll find out, I guess. Um. But I love that like at the end no matter what everyone has the same feelings about the second movie which is just like <laughs> why 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 no 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 it's just it's great it's
1: just a universal bad yeah. you know it's just yeah it it just doesn't work uh but Kev so t- talk to us about your little experience in uh your first trek through sex in the city
0: yeah, I mean, you know, as with anybody over the last couple of years, it's been a time to catch up with a whole bunch of stuff. Um, <laughs> I got into a lot of different podcasts and that's how I met you guys. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. when you said, you know, when you said you guys were doing Sex in the City, I was like, you know, maybe it's finally time. And I put on the pilot and I'm like, wait a minute, this is actually really good. Yes, and, yeah. then, and then at the end of that week, Boom was like, well, why don't you come on Cynonauts? And then that's when I knew the slog <laughs> had to begin the march through that's the right. desert, right. if you will
2: yeah um, no stopping before, now
0: <laughs> before that, all I had known about it was like what people get from the movies, yeah, right, which feels in a way, although I like the first movie fine, it feels like a it does feel like kind of a parody of the show. It feels like everything about it in a nutshell. Um, and that the second one was so bad it felt like a money laundering operation which ended up being correct
1: there probably is a true crime doc waiting to be under th- as to how and why that movie happened the way it did yeah. yeah oh my god
0: it's true but it's been but it's been crazy as a result because now i have everything you guys have lived with this all your lives me i've crunched into like a three week session
1: so uh overall what are your thoughts on the show obviously good enough to watch all of it plus the two movies
0: yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it all the way through. Um, I have a kind of a conspiracy theory about the original run. We can kind of touch on this later, but Ooh. when the show comes back after 9-11, not 501, yeah. but when the season four resumes in the spring of 2002, the show begins to take a turn for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't oh. know why. Is the show legitimately getting worse? <gasps> Is it getting silly? Is Miranda turning into Mr. Bean? With you know, throwing yourself <laughs> on the ground oh to avoid, you know, Steve's new girlfriend is, you know, what is going on here? Oh I don't God. know. Am I? Was I just anxious to finish the show so I could talk about it with you guys? I'm not it's, sure. That could probably be it. So many possible. questions. We'll have, to, we'll have to unearth these. Um, but but generally, the show's great. I mean, I liked it enough to continue the reboot after Sex in the City. Too, yeah. So
1: nice. Uh, very excited to hear all your takes uh, as a newcomer. Um, but before we get to our, and just like that discussion, what, uh, which of the four gals do you see within you?
0: So here's something funny. I'm on the Magnolia episode of Cynonauts, which will one day air. It will
3: <laughs> come out at some point. One day.
0: I, I called into you guys like the week I started this. Mm-hmm. And I said I was like 75% Miranda, 25% Charlotte.
1: Okay. And I now remember. I've watched the whole
0: series. I maintain. That's pretty much it.
1: You've retained. You think you're that. That's you. Nice. Pretty much, yeah. Nice. That's that's a good. That's a good. Uh, a good way to approach it is giving yourself percentages. You know, mm. you, you can't yeah. lock yourself down to one of them. I it's feel impossible. like this is
2: our first combo as well. Like everybody who's come in has been like, I'm a this. So and Kev is the first to give us like the good old the good old combo. So yeah. thank you. People Kev.
1: contain multitudes. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> awesome. Let Let's get into it. So and just like that. Episode six. Uh it kicks off terribly. With, it kicks uh, off
3: terribly is the what, what the word you're <laughs> looking for, Ian.
1: Yeah, this episode wasn't my favorite. Uh of of the of the and just like that, overall, I was this is the first one when I was like, uh, eh, this didn't really do it for me. Oh, anyone else feel that way no. before we get into it or no?
3: No, I actually love this. It was okay. I thought it
2: was pretty good. I don't know what okay catcher's trajectory with this episode was because he messaged me being like what's going on with the cgi this is the worst thing i've no sorry he voice messaged me it's like the worst thing i've ever seen and then five minutes later he texted the group chat like between us and uh was like this is the best episode of and just like that (laughs) i was like what is what is your how are you doing um but i think I enjoyed the episode. I thought it was like a little bit of like a fluff ep, but considering mm, sure. the season's yeah. so short, I was like, give me some more substance, please.
1: Please. Yeah, I think that was my overall <laughs> vibe with it as well. Um, all right, so the episode opens up with some of the most atrociously bad CGI bad. I think I've ever seen <laughs> okay. on a TV show. I'm so show.
0: glad you guys are calling this out because it is. <laughs> I
1: couldn't believe it. It's bad. I didn't really notice bad. it until okay, Catcher so- this oh my god it's yelling. horrible. I, I was like how of, of, did ca- I not of Carrie see trying this? to go in shopping for an apartment with uh, Anthony that that's the setup here. Atrocious. Uh, <laughs> I
3: have a I have a, a solve. I think I know what's happened here. Yeah. So it's clear that uh Stanford's passing caused some maybe some hiccups and so what uh, they've done is they've replaced him with Anthony in any uh, one of those scenes.
1: But I think they filmed in order.
3: So the problem so the problem is now I feel like they've had to go back and reshoot this scene, but the set didn't exist. And so the scenes with him right at the beginning are not even on location. It's like green screened location and oh, so your
1: full full tinfoil hat. Yes.
3: It. Whereas if you later on, it feels like the camera's in the room when she's right. the thing is beeping oh, and all that stuff i see what you mean so okay the background of the city looks bad and then it's just worse in that opening sequence because everything <laughs> is like composited after the
1: fact sure 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 um you're right because the apartment itself does look fake
3: very flat that you're saying yeah that, right, right but then when yeah. like Seema's out on the patio like just it's we're in new york stop this just go on a patio <laughs> so i can't handle this shit but it, i was concerned but like i like boom said I, I think this is a great episode so we'll get we'll get but i just needed to, i need to voice my grievances because this is atrocious atrocious yeah. thank you
0: Kev, thoughts on the cgi <laughs> oh my god i couldn't believe it i mean i didn't <laughs> thank you, so Kev. i was so distracted by my thoughts on mario cantone filling up <laughs> that spot that i didn't even <laughs> notice until i cut to sima on the balcony <sighs> and it was like yeah. how is this real i couldn't like I, I i just it's Sex in the City. They How much like money are we not spending? like at here?
2: one point. Like <laughs> just, I was like, this looks like a TikTok. This is yeah, blast. it looked
1: like Ready Player One. Yeah. They yeah. went into the uh, went into the Sex in the City world, which would probably be a wild place to go to. Uh, so Carrie ends up buying the apartment. Um, we we learn the very next scene, the girls are at brunch. She buys it. Um, you know, they talk about it was too quick at this a decision, and mm. then Carrie has the great Carrieism: living in the future is preferable to living in the past. Big fan of that line. It's a good, 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 Carrie tidbit there. Mm-hmm. Um, anything on the brunch? Pretty lackluster.
2: Uh, lackluster, but I think that line was pretty awesome. And one of the yeah. things about Sex and the City that's always so great is the way the girls will say something or Carrie will say something at the beginning of the episode, which will set the tone for, mm. like, what's going to happen next. Sure. And I think this episode like the void of her narration was like really there for me because I think of Mm. everything that was kind of going on. I was like, I kind of want Carrie's voice in mayor telling me what's going on. Um, but just like the tie-ins later with like living in the future versus like living in the past and then like the appointment with the uh, plastic surgeon and just like everything that's (laughs) going on and like the way life is catching up to them and like how they're dealing with that, that, um, like that theme or like that kind of like motif is well done in this episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd say. <clears throat> yeah. And
3: and just to quickly cut back, but like this new apartment, I love the idea that this, the theme of Carrie's apartment defining some part of her life is great because it's like this. Yeah,
1: you've totally called this from episode one of this series. Yeah. Ketcher. I mean, Good on you. I can't yeah.
3: take credit. It's my beautiful lady she it was her thought process and it continues to bear fruit like every season every episode we watch yeah. like even last week when Aiden's hammer comes through That's the wall you know what I mean you're <laughs> just like this <laughs> yeah, is amazing yeah. like it, it really and so this just continues this thing of like Carrie's apartment is expect a, a, like a, a visual representation of you know, who she is and this idea that she's now open to all cut co- anything anything yeah. is possible I love that
1: yeah so we get to Charlotte, uh, getting rock and Lily ready for, um, school. And we get a little insight into how that's been going. Rock wants to change their, uh, the decoration on their wall, remove those dolls, which are hilarious. Um, and we get a good glimpse of Charlotte still continuing to deal with change. Uh, Kev thoughts on this scene, anything at all?
0: Um, I thought it was cool, you know, we talk about fluff episodes, especially with these web series that come out now where it's just like a movie they cut up into eight pieces. <laughs> um, but I thought sure. it was cool in, in kind of the old school way that we had this episode basically about Charlotte's struggle to accept things she cannot control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's been touched on, I think, a little bit before from, from you guys. But I, I really like the idea that we're using Charlotte, who has always been chasing after a specific goal even more than the other three throughout the original series. Like, Again, as it's been said here, you've got it, but now it's not what you want and it's never going to be what you want because you live in the real world. Yeah. It's never going to be <laughs> the dollhouse you built for you know right. the kids. I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was like, um, I just thought it was great. And yeah. It was played really well.
1: Nice. Catcher, you were kind of shaking your head during this?
3: It's, I, it's weird because part of me likes last week's episode, like the way they portrayed the confusion of parents dealing with this like new paradigm in their life. You know, I like sure. that, but at the same time, I'm like, we had this great moment at Shay's stand up where she has this moment where she cries, she understands what's going on, and it feels like this, this part of the episode feels like a backtrack. Like mm-hmm. she, mm, she, sure. A f- part of me feels like she's like learned, you know, quote unquote, like learned this lesson in a previous episode. So why mm-hmm. do we need to now like have this conversation? It's been three months. Like why is Charlotte? still confused sure um, like it makes sense within the themes of the episode and i think like once we sure. get to that discussion at the picnic table near the end and yeah. stuff that kevin alluded to already in terms of you know where she's at mentally it makes sense i just wish we could have had this conversation like two episodes ago we don't have to mm. have it now but again it's like we have to look at it in the the wider scope
1: then uh we get to uh, these little David Lynch-esque Miranda <laughs> fantasies of Che, which I thought were pretty hilarious. Okay,
3: okay. This is where I need the voiceover. This is where I need the voiceover. All, this would be like two lines of Carrie setting up and Miranda's still thinking che about Huns. Che. And then then yeah. it's just the scene after the, like inter, like, whatever her sex fantasy is. It's yeah. such a strange, like, tonal shift. That they have to include because otherwise there's no voiceover. How do you explain what she's doing? You know, it's just like so weird.
1: So we get the sex fantasies and then it cuts to Miranda. She's talking with her professor talking about building a shelter or something. But really the whole point of this conversation is to get her professor talking about how she has to go to dinner with her Mm. friends uh, who have easily gotten pregnant a handful of times. And they just always have to bring up uh, the pregnancy and her friend's name is Fertile Myrtle very good <laughs> classic uh, <laughs>
3: sex in the city like naming conventions yeah. Is yeah so good yep
1: yeah uh and then we get to Seema and um uh, carrie are going diwali shopping uh, uh sima has a great line of welcome to my soho which i really liked mm-hmm. um just a nice little touch of like you know rich white girl soho is not what new york is all the time for everyone um which i think is cool uh, and then they kind of talk about a whole slew of conversations here. They kind of get into arranged marriages. That's what this which whole is.
2: Which is <laughs> just like a slew. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just like they kind of scatter things around, right? So Seema's parents, she talks about Seema's parents being arranged marriage, and that's why uh, her parents are very trying to get her set up with someone. Uh, there's a pretty funny uh, conversation about cultural appropriation versus cultural <laughs> appreciation and the saris, um, that, that sort of stuff. Let's unpack this one. Boom. You had a quick reaction I to the scene.
2: Sorry. I just like, I was just giggling because as soon as you said that, I was like, this whole episode was like a thousand conversations happening all at once. And I'm like, that's, yeah. I was just like realizing how I felt about this episode as as you were saying it, the sequence with Simo was cool. Um, I love Seema like she's one of she's probably like one of my favorite new players so like anytime she's on screen I'm excited and like she brings that top energy that I think like we need in the dynamic and I think Carrie needs especially Um, I like the conversations about arranged marriage and things like that because that's something with like the the sex in the city we talk about like these different things and these different ideas of like love and how the world works so I like it was brief, but it was cool. The cultural appropriation V appreciation was fine because it's true. I was annoyed because I wish they had just said like maybe anything but that. Uh,
1: I feel like it. I feel like it's pretty obvious where if you're getting dressed up for yeah, an, uh, like, a cultural event of
2: yeah.
1: other people, that is automatically not appropriation. I, I exactly. feel like they could have talked about that like Samantha could have, or well, not Samantha, uh, like so. No, I mean, like Harry could have shown up. I don't know, wearing something. In, I don't know. They, they could no, have done it, it a different way, but I appreciate the conversation. Yeah, but, no,
2: yeah. it goes without saying. It's like, obviously, you're going to dress traditionally to like a certain event. It would be rude right. not to, so it makes yeah. sense. And it is cultural appreciation for sure. I love the pun as well when Carrie's just like, well, I'm like, I saw a sorry that I'm really going to culturally appreciate. I think I was yeah. just like hashtag triggered because cultural appreciation <laughs> is just a term that like white people used to gaslight people of color all the time like you know what I mean so I'm just like do we sure, have to use yeah. that sure, sure. specific phrase um, Sure. Um, but like I, I really didn't have any trouble like problems with it at all I thought it was fun uh, and we get to see Carrie in a sari and she looked amazing Push. we get a crop top fire we get a crop top moment
1: yes after the yeah. uh, shopping they go to Carrie's storage locker where she has stored all her stuff uh, with Big they're cutting through some boxes. We get an incredibly, incredible sun hat, which incredible. I'm very glad makes an appearance. Also, <laughs> a, we know also what a nice lamp.
3: OK, the ni- amazing lamp. Do we know where the hat yeah. came from? Is that a is sure. it from an episode of the show?
1: I was say it could be from the first movie, but I'm not really sure. Tara didn't call it out specifically, so I, I my knowledge on that is is I'm unsure. Okay. That being said uh the the real power of this moment is where she's kind of opening up boxes she s- opens up a box which how do they not mark whose stuff was whose but that's besides the point also she opens that- up she finds big's records and then she realizes like maybe she's not ready just to casually keep going on with her life uh kev thoughts uh love that hat yep <laughs> okay all we need thanks kev <laughs>
0: top tier hat. Uh, hat it is a top tier hat it is it's amazing
2: uh, can we talk about how Carrie's storage locker is like bigger than my apartment and yes. also has a better <laughs> paint job?
3: Yeah, what is happening? It looks
0: like an office from a police, like a police station <laughs> yeah. drama. Yeah,
3: or exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's fancy. All, also,
3: yeah, yeah. Ev- like Carrie's pack job is every box is one item. It's like. <laughs> Cut it open.
1: She didn't pack that. There's no way she packed. Just a hat. She paid people to pack it, right? Yeah, I guess. For sure. But I thought about that. But it's like one hat in a box. You can
2: just afford a box for each item. One box.
3: That's also true. One box box. box per item. Hat box. box. Like, what are we talking about? You get 12. Well, that
1: box deserved its own. That hat deserved its own box. That that. that.
3: lamp deserves its own box. It's a gorgeous (laughs) lamp. I couldn't believe it. And then she name drops when it's from and it's like 1988.
2: And I was like, yeah,
1: you're the God. You're the best. I
2: thought it was a toaster. I was like, what is this? And she's like, it's a lamp. I was like, I don't understand furniture. If
1: if you could get on the postmodern design boom, that'd be great. (laughs) For next week. I appreciate Um, it. I did I
0: did think it was funny that Charlotte says that she took her time in the 90s um, although <laughs> I remember her differently in the, the, the late 90s sure the late but I 90s. remember a very different Charlotte
1: Hey, you know uh, uh, memories what is it they're Eye I the beholder or whatever kind of <laughs> she she remembers that how she wants it that's that right. it, that a good call out I do I do uh, like that
3: they use that they're reusing big this song as like Big's theme. Of like I like this That piano yeah. melody Yeah I like that. Yeah
1: they use it They use it in the movie And I'm trying to think If it's elsewhere I'm pretty sure it's in the show it's too It's the song that they dance
3: is, to Right in the first episode
1: It's a, it's a great little piano Like medley that they have there Um just see. Uh after that, we have like a way too long of a scene of Carrie trying to figure out what a beeping is yeah, in the kitchen. I like it's like five I, minutes long. I what love, is going on? I love dude? this.
3: I love it. What I love it. Okay,
1: go on. No. I just I, and I hate
2: that we never get to find out what it is. What it is? Yeah,
3: yeah I know. <laughs> um, I just I don't know. There's just something about this idea of like Carrie getting used to this new environment. And like this annoying sure. beep thing is like a very much an old person thing, but also like a new house thing of like you just don't know. And it's just cute i don't know there's just something about it that i like
1: Kev,
0: yeah. i like the touch i loved it as a symbol of her just sure. not quite getting comfortable there i loved this is such a new york city thing you call the the front desk they send the guy up there and it stops and he goes and <laughs> like checks it as as and he thinks it. you're crazy right and then <laughs> as soon as he leaves it starts again
1: uh yeah, in my head, there's no way they that apartment building. A, they say she was on like the fifth floor. Yeah. She was much higher than the fifth yes, floor. Yes, thank you. Incorrect. Thank you. Also, I can't imagine that a building like that does not have twenty four seven service. Like, how oh. is it? How is she having to wait till six a.m.? I think that's impossible. Yeah, I'm you with know. you. Then we get to the first scene that actually does not have any of the th- three girls in it. Yeah, uh, it's uh, Miranda's professor's dinner. What's her name? I'm, I'm blanking on her character's name. Um, the dinner with her husband and then her friend, Fertile Myrtle, and and Myrtle's husband. Um, I mean, wild, right? That was the first scene in the, season, in the yeah. series to maybe even like the entire show. Yeah. I would even go as far as saying I would right? think,
3: yeah. I would think, I yes. Think
2: so. It was exciting, but it was also jarring because I was like, where's Carrie? Like, I was like, what's going on?
0: Any of on? them. But, but it still, to me, felt like classic Sex in the City yeah. style. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. More more than most of the scenes in this series so far. Totally.
1: Uh, So after the dinner, we cut to Miranda continuing to uh, fantasize about Shay. (laughs) Uh, She is masturbating in her bed and old Brady gives it a good old knock. Uh, She's pretty hilarious.
3: (laughs) She won't even stop. She won't even stop. She's just like, I'm not giving this up. This is me. This is for me. No, I don't care. I've started this
1: process. It's it's happening while Uh, we're here. Yes, while we're
0: here. Do you guys feel a weird energy coming off of Cynthia Nixon in this?
3: (laughs) Tell tell us more. Like
0: she, there's something about. Is it the way she's lit? Is it the way she's reading her lines? Oh, like in this scene specifically in this season oh this is the most real she's ever felt but the rest of it feels like she was like dropped in there like there was some motion capture done or something she feels very odd remember in tron legacy they had the cg jeff bridges yes, face yeah sure sure it feels like that the lighting is
2: different around her i understand
3: what you mean her, her, i understand what you mean
0: her performance is really throwing me off
3: i'll have to check that i think
0: she's been great this season me too. Boom. yeah
2: i feel like miranda's been carrying the season but yeah, I don't think I don't think
0: she's been bad. It's not bad.
2: It's just like the vibes
0: are off. It's off.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Well, I'll also take a listen of, or take a view of that. Uh, Tara also duly noted during this scene that Steve is missing. Like, where is Steve?
3: Right. Where's at the bar? The right? He's at the so he's bar. Like, he's at
1: the bar. I guess. But
3: listen, we. We're losing Steve. Okay, we need to just reckon- yeah, we need to exactly. we need to reconcile with the fact that we're losing I Steve. Uh, yes. It's not yes. okay. It's not okay. But I think we have to. I think we need to start preparing <laughs> ourselves for this.
2: It just sucks. Yes. I didn't think it was going to happen like this. You know, I, know. I thought
3: not we'd like have this. more not time. Not like this. Not like,
1: not like this. Carrie <laughs> uh, then goes with uh, Anthony to a plastic surgeon uh, who is played by the great Jonathan Groff. Pretty <laughs> hilarious. Um, Carrie asks asks for a consultation uh, after he, the groff says the uh, Anthony doesn't need it. Um and then they kind of get into this like very like detailed explanation of how plastic surgery works, like with 3D yeah. face scans. They do this very weird moment where they like aid, de-age her to her like season one. Yeah. It, it, like, is
3: a, it is a photo from the series. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. what it looks like. It's just a picture from a promo from the first series and they've just stuck it there. And it's amazing.
1: Yeah. And then he even says, uh, it's like the last 15 years are gone, which I think is like even just more on the nose, which is pretty funny. Yeah. Also, also a note on the scene. And I think for a show that is largely like for those who haven't seen it, uh, think of the show as like being very vain. Mm. uh which which it is in parts um I mean Sarah Jessica Parker she has like a very pretty long sequence in which they're literally just like talking about how much older she is than what mm. like people are used to seeing with like very intense close-ups of her face and all that sort of stuff which I really appreciated um because it feels very like walk the walk talk the talk type thing where she's talking about like listen women like She's been very clear about women age and we want to do that correctly in the show. And like, I, th- I think yeah. they're they're doing a great job, especially like in that moment in particular.
2: I think the show, well, maybe it's not the show so much, but one thing I've been talking about with my girlfriends, especially when we talk about the show is how cool it's been to just see women who look their age. Like yeah. we all know that I idolize Jennifer Lopez and, you know, I think it's cool I don't know. I think ageism is obviously real. Um, And I think that it's been nice because Sarah Jessica Parker, who knows if who's had work done, who hasn't, like, I know it's very clear that Kristen Davis has, but even still like that's a part of the conversation. I like that. She kind of brings it up and is like, you know, people can do whatever they want. If they want to freshen up, that's fine. But seeing Sarah Jessica Parker, like not to, sound rude she looks older she's aged yeah, she looks, older. But yeah, she looks like her, this, yeah. she looks like herself yeah. Yeah. and like yeah. it's so refreshing to see that because she, yeah she looks older but i'm watching the show i'm like that's sarah jessica parker that's carrie like she looks the same she doesn't but she yeah. does and i'm like yeah. this never happens and it's yeah. like and same with cynthia nixon as well like it's been cool I, I, I've loved it and I like that they had this conversation. I also love the line um, the drive drive by facelift. is that what she oh, says? Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. She's yeah. like you got <laughs> to
2: talk me. she have to support me during my drive-by facelift. I'm like that yeah. is just Great. the best line I've ever um, heard. <laughs> I also
0: want to clarify my comments about Cynthia Nixon coming from the Uncanny Valley were not about her age. Really. Oh my god! No, no. no yeah, no, yeah.
1: Um, um, it's, it's all vibes. It's <laughs> not. We're yeah. aware. Yes. No. We're all right, aware.
3: cool. Cool. And just just quickly, because you yep. just skipped past this. The doctor's <laughs> name. Okay. It's Paul. Doctor Paul David like it's i hate it i hate it so much but i but i love it i love it i love that they have the best names on the show the names they give people susan sharon is that her name yeah susan sharon's one of them paul david like these are these are not real names but they're sex in the city names like jack burger you know what i mean i love it i love it triggered oh god oh god also pull it back
2: i mean so I have a question for you guys, because, okay, Kev and I were super stoked as soon, in, as soon as I saw Jonathan Groff, like, in the promo, I messaged Kev, and I was like, Kev, this is going to be a big up for us, because he's, like, a Broadway prince, right? But uh-huh, uh-huh. are Jonathan Groff and Anthony, or sorry, Paul David and Anthony going to bang? Is that, were we getting, we've been talking no. about vibes. No, I don't think so. He gets, like, no,
1: I don't this go, I close get those
2: vibes. to his, he gets, he's why would you have Jonathan surgeon. Groff? He's
3: a plastic surgeon, that's what he does. yeah.
1: I don't think so. I, I didn't get those vibes.
0: Okay, well. I, I see where you got that.
3: Yeah. But okay. I think this may be
0: just a one shot. Just I wishful agree. thinking. Although, I will say, I do love the use of Mario Cantone's character to give, like, obviously replacing Willie Garson, but also giving some of that brash Samantha energy we can't get from the other two yeah. Yeah. people.
2: And I've always loved Anthony. He's so abrasive and, like, just friggin' hilarious and almost, like, shocking. But, like, yeah, yeah. he's funny. so fun.
1: Uh, let's see, after this appointment, uh, we get the girls in the park, which Ooh. I think is a really strong scene yes. as well. Yes. Maybe I did like this episode more than the others. I think they were just bits and pieces that I felt like dragged on. Anyway. Uh, so the, 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 the girls are having drinks in the park. Um, Charlotte talks, you know, Miranda says she's been star- fantasizing about Shay, like actually fantasizing about Shay after Charlotte says, I fantasize about her too. Um, and then... <laughs> They get into an argument about it. Uh, Charlotte at one point says it was not an affair. It was a finger. Oh, no. Miranda says it was not an affair. It was a finger. Perfect. Very funny.
3: <laughs> so good.
1: <laughs> uh, and then there's like kind of this big back and forth between the three where they almost are kind of having seemingly separate conversations about what's going on <laughs> with their lives, but also at the same time. So, uh, you know, Miranda, Charlotte at some point uh, tells Miranda that she is not progressive enough to be uh, having this relationship with Shay yikes uh she uh Miranda walks away she, Carrie brings her back in saying we've already lost Samantha we're not gonna lose anyone else and that's a scene so there's uh there's a lot of good stuff in here uh I do like they they were all having their private battles that all like worked into them you know mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Charlotte's comment about you're not progressive enough is obviously her her thoughts about how she feels about rock things like that uh Kev what were your thoughts on this scene
0: Um, I loved that, you know, while I agree it is a little bit of a backpedal from last week, having Charlotte's insecurities come to a head with her projecting onto Miranda all the judgment, um, really liked that. Uh, I've been kind of iffy on the Samantha this season. I think it's a lot to do. Yeah. But you can't deny that moment where we've already lost one. Mm. We can't lose the rest, which anybody who, you know, at at our age, you know, I'm lucky enough to have a lot of my friends from high school, but not a lot of people I know are that lucky. But there's that vibe of like, we've already lost so much, you know? I thought Mm -hmm. that was really
2: powerful. I agree with you, Ian. Like, And actually, as you were saying that, it kind of like shifted into perspective for me, because when I first was watching this scene, I was like, what is even happening? Like they are, they just seem like they were having like so many different conversations and not meeting anywhere meaningful like they were just kind of like yelling at each other but I guess that makes sense because they have like a lot of pent-up kind of shit going on I hated when Carrie kind of just like vetoed Miranda's like feelings by his being like like well big dying was like a thing like I don't even know what this yeah. is and I was just like oh like yeah burnt- we're really undercutting like Branda's experiences Mm. that much. No, I,
3: no, I think, sorry, just quickly. I just think what that line is, is making Charlotte chill. Like this is not as big a deal as you think it is, as opposed to like her about to make this a big deal. I think that line is more about dealing with Charlotte than it is dealing with like trying to tell, uh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, I guess it was just I, the I delivery because
2: yeah. right after she's just like, I don't know what this is, right? Like, mm-hmm. so it just mm-hmm. seemed yeah. like she was being dismissive. But that also makes sense because Carrie feels like she's been like the grounding factor for both of them in all of this. Like, yeah. uh, like we missed it last week. We or we didn't talk about it last week. But like when Carrie's talking to Charlotte about Rock and like she gives that line about like a rose by any other name and then even when Carrie pulls them back and like Charlotte's like can't we like everybody just stay who they were and like Carrie just so simply says like not everybody has that luxury that's mm. a huge line uh. right so yeah yeah it felt a little bit disjointed but like still like felt powerful and yeah
3: this is this is nice. the scene that I texted in the group chat like this show is going to save save us all Um, I think is what I said, because this is a wonderful situation where, one, we are dealing classic sex in the city where there's a conversation we're having and we're using the girls as counter arguments to a situation. So we come on in with the classic surgery and Miranda's like, we have a society is so mean to us women and we don't we don't need to do this. We shouldn't have to do this. We shouldn't have to upkeep ourselves And Charlotte's like, well, listen, like, if we need something, if if we feel we need to do something for ourselves, we shouldn't be afraid to do that. And if we want to get lip filler or whatever, we should be allowed. And that's this is classic to me. And I love that. Um, But then this other conversation that ends up happening, Miranda walks away and whatever, and we bring her back in is so powerful, like low key powerful, because this is just a television show, obviously. But considering who the viewing audience of this is the idea that we need to, we can still be friends with people we don't agree with is such Mm -hmm. an important lesson that this world needs in a bad way. And if this is like, if we can have a bunch of old ladies who are getting older, (laughs) becoming more conservative as they age, you know, if we can, if this can be (laughs) the thing that helps them lose that edge of, of closed-mindedness that everyone gains as they get older. This it, like this actually could do good. And like I I say this as someone who understands that like I'm talking up a sex in the city show, but like I really feel like these kinds of conversations are really good and actually will be beneficial for the world in the long run. For things like really defining this idea of being friends with people you don't necessarily agree with on all things but can still come together. And sit down at the table and eat and talk. This is these are important ideas. So,
2: Mm -hmm. this show's always been really good at that. I'd say, like, yeah, they all have different ideals and they bring different things to the table, and they don't always like meet in the middle, but they always try to. Yes, and there's always like healthy conversations that come out of it. So, like as a like framework for like bettering yourself and like. Being patient and kind and respectful towards other people. Like I think it's a pretty framework for sure. Yeah. I agree with you. So
1: Carrie then goes to Diwali. She finds out Seema has been lying about her boyfriend to her parents. Kinda weird, but I get it. Live your life. Uh Carrie and Seema talk about being alone in the car. Uh, and then after that scene, we get to see Carrie sells her apartment, puts on her fancy necklace, uh, her her Carrie, I mean, her puts on her Carrie necklace, rocks out to Biggs Records, and uh You know, sets up, uh, starts setting up her old apartment again. So she, once again, buys (laughs) and sells an apartment in the same episode. What a, what a boss! What a, what a a power broker Sema is. Yeah. Uh, We cut to, it's kind of a montage. Then we cut to see Charlotte letting Rock change their room, which is very cool. Uh, And then we get Miranda sliding in to Chase DMs. Yeah. Amazing.
2: Bold move, Miranda.
1: Bold Miranda. Anything in particular you want to call from this end segment before we move on? Three things. Because
3: (laughs) this is this. No, but no, this
2: is it's it's welcome. This. Yes. Yes. This
3: episode is weird because it almost is like what a season one episode would be, which is this ends sets up all three of our main characters and their trajectory with Carrie. It's her not giving up the last 15 years. It's her embracing the past. She wears Big's coat. She puts on his coat mm. and his uh whatever that th- that stomach tie thing cummer Cover bun. She meshes his out uh, wardrobe with hers. This Carrie is now embracing the past and the future. This is beautiful. C- uh, Charlotte is putting these dolls in the boxes, like realizing that she needs to put away this like fantasy that she had, and she needs to start looking forward as opposed to this idea of looking like wanting this picture perfect life and Miranda is choosing chaos over rigidity this is like you know what I'm saying like this these are big character moments for these characters in terms yeah. of like where they're going and it's like this is should almost be an episode one but it's instead episode six and that's kind of weird but I like well, setting I like up the that. final arc of yeah, the season and I, and I guess. it's great so I'm all for this episode love it
1: have as guests any last thoughts before we move on
0: i want to say it's hard for me to enjoy the miranda story because it's a transgression against my favorite character on the show steve <laughs> yeah. um,
1: yes i yeah. love steve so much
0: he's yeah. just such a nice now look the movie ruined him but the movie ruined a lot of people um <laughs> i
1: love this. we're gonna have to save that conversation for later that is a deep topic but yes you, go on. you guys are getting a vm um yeah. <laughs>
0: But no, I mean, I thought this episode was pretty good by the standards of, you know, they cut a movie up into eight pieces and that's a TV show now. Um, Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Nice. Uh, Excellent. So let's let's move on to uh, Sex and the City, season five and like the first couple episodes of season six. Uh, So basically we went through all season five, which is eight episodes, and then we watched season six up until... Burger, when are we when is our fish cut off again? Episode is it seven is the last sticks
2: twice, that's episode right. seven.
1: Yeah, so that's that's the final episode we'll discuss here. Um, let's round table real quick. Overall thoughts on the season. Boom.
2: Um, awesome. We get Miranda uh transitioning into mom life and the way that the girls are handling that as well. Samantha yes. going through fucking heartbreak. Mm. Um, yeah. um. Charlotte and Harry yeah. meeting.
3: Charlotte is back, baby. Charlotte,
2: Charlotte is, back. is back in a big way.
1: Harry the God. Mm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We get the Nina Katz saga, which is every person's worst nightmare come to fruition. <laughs> uh, we get the girls on a trip in Atlantic City. This is probably one of the most underrated seasons of Sex in the City, but it is a freaking blast. And also, I think Catcher last week kind of brought up how, like, things were moving more to sets and, like, feeling a little bit more, like, synthetic. Um, I think this season, especially the beginning of the season where, like, Carrie's literally having a love affair with the city, we get more of that. Um, Did you, you notice know. how
1: many people are standing in the background of every single one of those shots, though? Oh, yeah. It's just it's so crazy. There are trillions. people just in the corners, like, staring, yes. just watching yes. it all go down. <laughs> literally staring cool.
3: at the camera. Yeah, like, so
1: funny. Have hey what are your overall thoughts on this season?
0: Um, you know, the first time I watched through, I think the problem was I just had so much anxiety. I was just so anxious to finish the show. Sure. That the last season, this, these last two seasons do feel. I mean, I have my feelings about Six B, and I'll I'll probably send something in when you guys get there. Um, but it really does feel great. Yeah, Season five, because it had to be shortened, has all these little adventures through everybody. And a lot of the character arcs of the second half of the series ah. do feel really powerful, right? You have some, again, Boom covered it so well, but you you have Samantha learning the ups and downs of monogamy, truly. <laughs> you have Charlotte moving into, like, a, to echo my point earlier, like going from rushing into getting what she wanted to getting what she wanted on the universe's mm-hmm. terms.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: With Also, hair. One of the interesting things that happens this season as well that we don't always get to see is because all of the girls kind of get tied up in like their own thing. Carrie is the one who's doing all the quirky dating, which is like which like never happens. Like it only happens this season. She, it's like happened a few times in previous seasons where she'll like go on dates with like weird guys or whatever. But like that is always reserved to mainly... um. Charlotte and Miranda Mm -hmm. and Samantha, I guess, too. But yeah, Carrie just doing the one-off date apps, like sleeping with weirdos is great.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No,
0: that's exactly where I was going with Carrie. And then Miranda, thank you for the layup on this. Um, Miranda is kind of transitioning into motherhood. She's trying to keep up with her friends. It's not quite happening. It's not full clown show like it is later. Um, (laughs) But we start to see... Basically, the next phase of their lives to come together week to week—it's great.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I've enjoyed this season too. Uh, to me, you can feel it's shorter; like it, it kind of rushes into. Like I wasn't really a fan of. Um, oh no, I lied. I do love the sailor sailing episode. Fleet, Fleet That's a week. great episode. Mm-hmm. Fleet, week. The Fleet Week episode. Yeah. Uh, but then, like the next two episodes are a little bit slow. But it, it, it does pick up for me uh, towards the end. But I think w- what you're all calling out is great. Obviously, because we just had a child. The Miranda, like, adjusting to being a parent life <clears throat> um, is very relatable. Are people um, pushing
2: you guys into caps now?
1: No, 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 no one's pushing us into <the> caps. Our <laughs> friends uh, who listen are all very, very supportive. Uh, any of my friends who don't listen, though?
2: Fuck y'all. Not supportive. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um No, so, but just in terms of, like, you know, even our, our friends are super supportive, and Isla's been with us to people's houses and stuff. No one's ever, like, no babies. But, you know, there's still a difference, right? You're still responsible for another human being so uh i also love harry i'm a big harry guy i'm a big smith guy Uh, love both of them Mm -hmm. um smith i think is mostly a season six b movie character so i'll save my comments for then um but we get the the burger saga which like i think when i was in high school i probably like really like got burger but as I've grown up, every time I've seen like this sequence, he just gets like more shitty to me. But we'll save that for when the topic comes up. Catcher, your thoughts.
3: Uh everything you guys said is exactly how I felt. This feels like going back to old school sex in the city. Like this feels like season one, season two energy where we're not staying on something for very long. We're moving quick. We're getting through stuff. We're meeting people. We're having adventures. Love all that. Um I have to say. Anytime this episode starts and we get starring Chris Noth, there is uh-huh. a level of anxiety that floods over me instantly. Of <laughs> what is this going to be? How, what are we going to get? How is he coming into play? Why is he still around? Like, the, like, like yeah. this is the. And then um, this season, we get a couple of those episodes, and it, i mean—it's a joy. Them come talking to each other is so great uh
1: um, talking t- talking phone, phone sexing it that's up that's right yeah. mm-hmm. um the cg
2: hot tub <laughs> the original <laughs> sex in the city cg hey, is Thank it you. i didn't
1: notice that the oh my god was, the okay. background is oh dark. yeah sorry the background right, right. i just pictured like you thought he was just not in a tub yeah but yes the background okay <laughs> um
3: but otherwise like i there's nothing more to say in terms of i i think we'll get in the the biggest thing here we'll talk about i think is burger and harry and stuff and um but the, the biggest thing to note is Charlotte is back. I really feel yep. like she is, this is a character that I love. I'm learning to love and appreciate Charlotte this watch through in a way I never have before. I think I'm finally understanding why people think I'm Charlotte. And I <laughs> and I love it. I love it. I love her and I'm just happy for her.
1: Yeah, let's talk about Charlotte and uh, and Harry then. Like I said, I'm a huge fan of Harry. Um, I think like the realest scene in this whole series or one of my favorite scenes of this whole series is the scene where they, Harry and Charlotte break up where they're arguing and she says, and don't you know what people say about us? And he goes, yeah, I just didn't think you were, you were one of them too. Like
2: a knife to the heart.
1: God, it's so good. Like what, what a line. And because like, that's basically Charlotte's comeuppance for like her way of thinking like her life should go over the last however many seasons and like her whole like life in character. um, And it's just like, it was, it was just, it's just so perfect. And every time it's just so brutal to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: but I just, just to quickly interject because that line is devastating for her, but I think everything that leads up to that line, i just feel for Charlotte because she's a cat. Like she is just freshly converted. She has sure. been a Catholic her whole life. She has all these traditions mean a lot to her and yeah Miranda in the scene before that starts questioning while she's even like uh planning a wedding she's like has he even proposed yet what's going on and he's she's come in she's converted she's doing her first like Shabbos dinner and like he's not even paying attention and I love this totally you know and it's like she doesn't understand how everyone else around her doesn't recognize what she's just given up to convert. And I think everyone sees it as this is Charlotte doing whatever Charlotte needs to do to get the end result. And that's not the case here. She's giving up everything. Like she's giving up a huge part of her personality because she believes in what this is. And everyone else around her just is not recognized what she's given up. And I just, this such a powerful moment for her because I think she's justified in her anger. And then what she is, but he's justified in his response to her. And I love the complexity of that. For her, um, for a moment of growth, so
1: and she keeps it up after they break up, mm-hmm. right? She continues to go to synagogue right, yeah. and yeah. date her slew of single, uh, second Jewish children. I believe oh, was dear. what they were talking yes, about. Right, yeah, uh, Kev, thoughts on Harry and Charlotte?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, catcher of just a slam dunk on that analysis. Um, when she did the prayer over the Sabbath dinner, I, as someone whose partner is Jewish and I participate as much as I can in that stuff, it was amazing Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs)
0: to me. Um, I do love them once they reconcile. Um,
1: yeah,
3: beautiful. And the idea that Charlotte like had dreamed of how her proposal would be. And the fact that she was proposed to like at like a speed dating night and she (laughs) doesn't even care. Like she's just so happy that he's there. I'm just like, balling so great
2: i think you guys have honestly summarized it pretty great i'm a huge fan of charlotte and harry together i think they're awesome it's also nice to see charlotte just having fun with a man trey Mm -hmm. was so stiff and like a
1: not triggering relationship either right you know yeah like it's a it's a wholesome relationship which is great
2: exactly and i just like this idea as well of like Charlotte is still getting everything she ever wanted it just looks differently than what she ever imagined and I think like it's really challenging these ideas of just kind of like what love is and like the way we can connect with each other when we just like let certain things go and like get rid of like biases and things like that. I love Harry and Charlotte. I, I think they're great. And I also love that he like originally seduces her in that like disgusting bachelor. That pad. like bachelor pass It's path. so yeah. offensive, but like it's <laughs> them, so it works, you know?
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly.
1: All right. Let's let's chat about Harry's uh main romantic uh interests for this season and a half. Uh Jack burger the controversial jack burger so revealing our pre-production notes um i think this is going to get a little bit dicey uh boom and i are firmly firmly on team bad burger
2: bad burger catcher (laughs) is uncooked just raw burger (laughs) burger. catcher
1: seems to be on the pro burger side we have yet to learn kevin's uh thoughts but but uh catcher please
3: okay no no i'm not pro burger okay Mm. i'm not i'm not pro burger the the reality of
2: are you playing devil's advocate no
3: no (laughs) really what it is is the sad realization that i've probably been burger at least once in my life and knowing that sucks um so that's hard but you also in a way under like Because of that, I can understand Carrie meeting Burger was bad timing. This is a situation of a guy fresh out of a relationship. He's still tied up in the emotions of that relationship, in the confusion of life, of like, your life is now upside down and nothing makes sense and everything is fragile and scary and weird. Um, That being said... Like the situation of him not understand, like him not being able to take that c- carry success well, is sad and depressing and uh, the worst. But the stuff that comes before his just like the situation with Lauren, the voice machine uh, fiasco mm-hmm. with the fingers, like all of that stuff, <laughs> um, is a, is the failures of a dude who just is not in the right mindset for this relationship, um, and in that way. He functions like a better version of Aiden, except it took us two seasons to get the same result hmm. what that we get from Burger in three or four. Um and so that's in a way why I like Burger as a character in the show, not as I like Burger as a human being, because he's ter- he's terrible. <laughs> I mean he's does so many yeah. terrible things, and the posted note is the cherry on top of a whole bunch of just I mean, terrible behavior terrible behavior he has
1: friends with michael showalter though uh they he is in the club at, at the bed scene bed. michael showalter i know Kev's a fan of michael showalter as well he's like one of burger's friends but anyway besides the point yeah we get the post-it note one of the most if not the most important scene on any hbo television show dare i say iconic yeah beats the red wedding yes beats uh <laughs> beats uh what's his i don't even remember the character's names from that stupid show anymore uh, yeah, it, it's the number one moment on HBO television, and you cannot convince me otherwise. I'm s-
3: I'm sorry, I can't, don't hate me. There's, like, how many words in that? One, Coward. two, three, four, five, seven words. Devastating, devastating. Brutal.
1: Uh, Kev, thoughts on <laughs> Mr. Burger? Um, thoughts on Burger? Well,
0: first of all, <laughs> he's Chuck Palahniuk, literally, so... <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was weird, right? He's an author whose writing speaks to men the way that Carrie's writing speaks to women, right? In the
1: late 90s. Oh, sure. I thought that was That's very terrifying odd. Um, but Chuck yeah. palahniuk is wildly successful. Oh, hello. Yeah. I okay. guess Burger does Suck have out. a. Does Burger actually have a Pulitzer? Is that no, real or was that no, a joke? No, no, That's no. That was a joke. Okay, okay, okay. Continue. <laughs>
0: um Yeah. I mean, I am anti. I mean, obviously anti Burger on paper, but I understand where Catcher is coming from because I too have probably been Burger once or twice or three times in my life.
1: Hmm. Sure. And that's what I mean by like, I think with age, I've kind of grown to dislike burger more and more because it does feel like
2: childish. Yeah. Childish. Right.
1: Yeah. It's, it's childish. I'm like for me, Tara, if you make it big, I'll just quit my job today. I'll just stay at home. You be the breadwinner, bring home that bacon. (laughs) That's what I want. That's my life goal (laughs) is Tara. Just providing for the family. I want that
2: for you, but I want Tara to have like a quick come up, like make some sweet cash, and then get to retire like two hours. It's like two hours later, you know. Okay,
1: see that. Well, that's that's the real dream, yes. But <laughs> this so is my vision. That, for dream you guys. one. Thank you. Please put um, it in your mood boards. Uh, boom. Please.
2: Yeah, burger is a hard is a hard one because I can't really argue with catcher it makes for great television I think it's like the well I know Richard and Samantha never really worked but that played a little bit more melodramatic than this does like there is like an honesty to this relationship where you're just kind of trying to make something work that really doesn't like Aiden and Carrie on some, some level worked like Burger and Carrie never made sense um yeah. At what? all. And I, besides, like, the initial attraction, which was, like, so, um, like, powerful that it makes Fireworks. you... It, yeah, like, the Zaza Zoo or whatever she's talking about. Mm, yeah. We've all yeah. experienced yeah. that where you have, like, a really great kind of, like, first uh, s- or few Make interactions cute. with somebody. Exactly. But then when you actually get down to the nitty-gritty, you're like, we have, like, not nary a thing in common. Um, but... So it's fine. I find Burger to be like, I think the reason why audience members hate him so much, especially women, is because uh, you all just kind of said that you felt like you may have been Burger at one point of your life uh, or at, in one point of your life. And like, that's literally triggering for us because that is like, of course, a of shitty, course. that of is course. like a shitty, toxic man that we've all dated. Yes. <laughs> and like, had to deal with and had to mother and. Like, put our, like, let them put us down and like feel like we were doing something. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. Like yeah. He is just like the symbol of that. So he's so easy to hate. But then on yeah. top of that, he is him. Okay. Him inside the Hamptons? How does he have I, a house in the Hamptons? That makes that's no sense. That's so
1: sus. That makes no sense. He is a studio apartment, but a Burger. house in the Hamptons. Exactly. Anyway,
2: He's a serial cool. killer, I'm convinced. But on top of that, my quips with Berger is that I don't think the guy who plays them is necessarily a bad actor, but Wrong him and Sarah thing. Jessica Parker have no chemistry. And really? like Sarah I Jessica. I, don't understand. I thought. I don't understand no, this. no, no. I think they have it's so dry. Mm. Their interactions are so forced and uncomfortable. And I know a part of it is supposed to, like,
3: be, that be way. like
2: that. But, like, Sarah Jessica Parker could literally have, like, romantic chemistry with a tangerine. Like, she is <laughs> so good at just being that character and, like, bringing it every time. And you just see these sparks flying, like, beyond, like, just the way she acts. Like, she brings it out of other people and, like, she brings it to the table. But, like... With this and, guy, no. Like, I on, wasn't buying on, it ever.
1: On the chemistry thing, it's like, you know, there's a episode or two about how <clears throat> they don't have good sex. But then this is why it's like, this is why Big is in California, because they show that she has better phone sex with, with Big your- <laughs> because her chemistry than actual sex, right? She's having uh,
2: accidental phone sex, and that's better than the real better- <laughs> sex she's having yeah. with her boyfriend. Like, listen. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I, res- I respect that burger can be triggering, okay? But, like, there are female burgers that exist, okay? <laughs> that's true. And I've experienced those, too. So it, let's... let's. Okay,
2: you know what? You know that's what my saying. bad for, like, you know breaking know my example down to the gender like <laughs> that's binary. All, that's all I'm saying.
3: That's all I'm saying. <laughs> He's right. You know? because There, there are I, women this, burgers, boom, yes.
1: Boom, if you can think... Of the heartbroken white men Please. listening to this do podcast. You under, do you understand what we've been through? <laughs> do you understand what Catcher and Kev have our to our deal experiences? with?
3: Experiences? Jesus. It's hard out there it's for
2: 2021, us. okay? Equity, equal rights. That's right. Women that's, can be burgers.
3: That's all I'm asking.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um,
3: but, just to, but just to segue that into just the rest of the season, Samantha, I just have a question. Mm-hmm. Okay. With regards to the UPS delivery ban and her having mm-hmm. sex with him
1: oh god i will give blowjobs as long as i can kneel
3: (laughs) (laughs) samantha i need like a soundboard of everything samantha has ever said
1: she has a lot of great one lines in the season yeah um
3: there are a few episodes here where i start to question the way that the direction of samantha and the sort of what is the difference between a a woman in power and what's the difference between her and dudes in power and that's one of those things where she basically assaults the package delivery man and it's like i'm fine to laugh it off cuz i get it i, I understand the situation with samantha but i just think it's sure. an interesting question of like at what lo- where is the line of their pa- power being used poorly like she she
1: does it with her assistant with that assistant exactly
3: where it's like it's, true. it's it's for fun but it's just an interesting comment of like sure
1: i kind of on the same lines something i noticed in this is that and like why i imagine like the rift between sjp and um and uh kim, kim cattrall kim cattrall like kind of started is that to me from this season on um i mean samantha has great storylines but her Situations that her character is caught in do seem to lose a little bit of that like meaning behind it in some ways. Yes. Um, I mean, I obviously she has like the incredible cancer storyline, which I'm excluding from this conversation, but just like a lot of like the little like her like one offs do seem a little bit sillier and like has less of that empowering yeah. feeling that it used to in the earlier seasons. Does that make sense, Boom?
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you because there's always been a depth to Samantha that where. It's like, yeah, she's a hoe, but she's a hoe on her own terms. And I think out of all the ways the show is successful in like switching the gaze, I think that Samantha's character is like the personification of that. Because even when the show is happening, like it feels like all these men and all these scenarios are kind of happening at our girls. But Samantha always feels like she's happening like at everybody else, if Mm. that makes sense. Mm. And like, that's where I think like, the power the empowerment comes from and that's where when if we want to talk about switching gazes that's why i think that samantha is like one of the most successful and exciting women characters in in television of yeah. all time
3: yeah
2: um but yeah i agree it gets a little hokey around like this period of time like i don't really know what's going on mm-hmm. and then just to touch on what you were saying mike is i agree with you as well like there's a lot of things that she does where it's like we think just for the sake it's like tit for tat right so it's like we think that this is us just like kind of or not we but I know maybe the writers are being like this is us kind of like getting back at this or whatever or like Samantha kind of like accosting like or like sexually I don't know like (laughs) being like (laughs) sexually aggressive at people might have like read as empowerment at one time but obviously like that's not cool right. and like that's not how people should behave um so I think there are some missteps there but it's not as nearly as bad as what is passed off and oh, is for sure acceptable in like the general media but still some questionable shit like even the one when she like hooks up with the college kid i'm like come on (laughs) like why exactly (laughs) why (laughs) yeah but uh,
3: it's interesting i I just think it's interesting though because it is about like finding it's the it's character balance it's like creating plot Mm -hmm. scenarios for this character and it's like there is a a chance of falling one way or the other you know over over the line and it's just a fascinating way to like i don't know just like dissect her as a character it's like okay this is not a samantha move versus this is and i like the idea that like people who watch the show can feel that like this doesn't feel authentic mm-hmm. versus it does percent. yeah
1: which again li- is the the markings of a great television exactly show, yeah right?
2: and i like the conversation that came out of like that where carrie walked in on samantha like yeah. the ups guy because yeah. 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 it was just like this really it kind of like turned into this interesting conversation about like boundaries and humility and and then coming down the line and like samantha being kind of offended by seeing like stanford doing stanford, the same yeah. thing and i was just like I, I like I don't know what the kind of end sure. like the conclusion of that episode was but like there's something about it where it's like this feels real because I feel like we're always people whatever life they're living if they're in a like long-term relationship or if they're like maybe dating people more casually or sleeping around like whatever they're doing I feel like people always feel like they have to defend it or be right. like this regardless is my of their move
1: yeah yeah exactly like, I'm ready it's- to get married or whatever sure
2: yeah. Exactly, and like Samantha always has to stand so firmly, and being like, "Yeah, I'm a hoe for show," but like, never gets. Then it's like you don't get to like ever doubt that or like, sure. go back on it or anything. But yeah, complex
1: thing. Uh, let's get to our categories. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, we had a, that was a surprisingly long conversation, uh, on all that. Um, all right. So for first time listeners, <laughs> once again, welcome. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, our favorite episode, favorite relationship with uh, one of the four girls, uh, which we've been kind of stretching. I mean, we've had a lot of good answers from that. Uh, and then our favorite outfit from season five and like 6A, essentially. Uh, Kevin, we'll start with our guests. What are your three? Okay,
0: um, as someone who has grown up in the suburbs on Long Island and New York all my life, um, I think mm-hmm. that 501, the, the shore leave episode, is one of, if not my favorite, reactions to 9-11 in media. I think it's absolutely Mm. beautiful. It's my favorite episode of this whole thing, uh, of this whole chunk, and it's one of my favorites of the series. It's just really well done, and it's a great kind of isolated episode, the kind of thing you don't see anymore, not to keep hammering on it, but now that television is just a movie cut up into eight pieces, um, it's just (laughs) this beautiful little thing you could show somebody to say, like, here's how Sex and the City reacted to... September 11th and the mm. you know the the living in New York after that it feels very authentic in a way that's like it's authentic sex in the city it's a great New York story it's wonderful
1: nice mm-hmm. yeah I, I actually love that episode too uh, I always feel like it's like kind of shot Noori a little bit um they yeah. use a lot of like fun like Dutch angles and a lot of like light coming in through you know refracted light sources um there's just like this cool noir feel about that i'm a, i do love that there's episode that too. Uh,
0: that beautiful that beautiful shot down you see the sailors and their dates talking on the yeah. railing outside on the fire escape yeah come down into carry yeah. it. it's great yeah
1: Locking. it's awesome oh, um yeah. best
0: outfit yes um, in 508, which is my second favorite episode of this whole batch, the Nathan Lane quote sham wedding. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> Samantha is wearing this hilarious Chanel headscarf.
3: Yeah. She's yes. trying to make herself
0: seem cooler and more powerful than the three women that Richard, like, like lets stay there. But in reality, <laughs> she's. Gr- looks... They're
3: girls, Kevin. They're not women. They're girls. You're right. They yeah. are girls. <laughs> I
0: apologize. Excuse me. But, but. Like she's trying to make herself seem more powerful when in reality she's just some clown that Richard lets sleep in the house. Um is she does she throw a melon through the window?
3: She does yeah, yes. she throws a melon in like so? a boss. Yes. Like a
0: Cut. boss. Yeah. Love it. Um while insane. we're on while we're on Samantha, I want to say there is a line I, I want set on this dirty martini, yes. dirty bastard. Dirty
2: bastard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then she
1: throws it in his face. Amazing. And the Great.
2: outfit she's wearing in that, in that scene, scene is, yeah. I
1: that's right. Yeah, very
0: good. Um, favorite relationship is between. What is the name of Nathan Lane's fiance? I don't even know his character's name. The f- Bitsy uh, von yeah. Muffling. Bitsy,
2: yeah. And von Bobby Fine.
0: That's right. Nathan Lane is a national treasure. I'll always go with him if asked. So, Boom Catcher, who wants to go first?
2: So it's a little more tame this week, Ian. Okay. So my favorite episode. Is probably the post-it always sticks twice like the best really great um kind of interactions with the girls and then carrie talking to like burger's friends and spiraling and just not stopping is just whether or not we've actually done that we've felt like we've done that before and there's just like something about something cathartic about like watching her just be an absolute train wreck, but she looks amazing. So it's fine. Um, My fave relationship was Bobby and Bitsy, but for the sake of
1: um, mixing
2: mixing things up, I'll say my favorite relationship of the season is early season Charlotte and Carrie because Mm, they are single. So like, Miranda's wrapped up with the baby Samantha's kind of dealing with Richard Richard. and they're single and they kind of like play on this unspoken thing where it's like your girlfriends you always want them or your friends in general like you always want the best for them but there is something like um being single again like if that happens like you're gonna be there for your girls but then like that's like this exciting thing that you're just like we're single together at the same time like let's Fucking do this. Um, so I think Charlotte and Carrie's relationship is like really sweet. And I love like when Carrie defends Charlotte at uh the seminar. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, Such yeah, an yeah. iconic yeah.
2: moment. She's like, she's yeah. out there. Yeah. Like, okay, yes, thank you. Uh and my favorite outfits are obviously there's more than one. Uh mm-hmm. Charlotte in Atlantic City when she goes gift yes. uh <laughs> gift store hoe she. Thank you. I've always, <laughs> I love Ho clothes. So like that is always throughout my like entire of watching the show been one of my favorite um, outfits. And Good then one. speaking of Ho clothes, Samantha in the post-it always sticks twice, wears my favorite uh, um, outfit of the entire series. Ooh. And she's in the skin tight. Like one backless onesie. New York Dolls. Yeah, it's like New York Dolls. It's like pink, black, and white. She looks freaking incredible. And she's got the little waist belt. And then, yeah, so that's my favorite one of all time. And then also just every outfit that Samantha wears in season five onward. There's not a single miss. She always looks good. She's carrying the fashion because Sarah Jessica Parker is hiding her pregnancy. So she goes a little bit more like gap basic, um, Mm -hmm. like more flowy. stuff. she still looks good. But every single outfit Samantha wears is is so iconic. Nice. So, yes.
1: Great picks. Catcher, you want to go or you want me to go? You can go. I'll go.
3: I'll just take whatever's left. (laughs) <laughs> I've, got, I've got lists for everything. I've got lists for everything. So it's, it's
1: okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. My, I, I was going to say the, the fleet week as my favorite episode. Um, but I think my favorite episode, and I'm just going to cheat and call it an arc. I really love the, just the, the Charlotte Harry, her conversion to Judaism. Just that mm-hmm. whole thing is, is so good. So not a specific episode, but just if you combine all those, I guess that would make one episode. Uh, I just, the growth, uh, of her is, is really fun to watch that whole time. Um, favorite outfit is from the sham wedding. Also, uh, right when they get to the party, Harry is wearing all white. And then she has like this bright green umbrella, which who doesn't love an umbrella moment. So I will, uh, take that. (laughs) Mm, nice choice. Oh nice choice. my God.
2: Wearing nothing but a bottle of vodka.
1: Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> Jared is Thank the you, best. Ian. Get out of here, Smith. Oh, and then my favorite relationship. God, uh, It's so hard. I think the start of Smith also. I think because Smith ends up being spoiler like, I think my favorite like mm-hmm. relationship throughout the whole series. Um, so getting the start of it here, it's always fun to see how it starts because it starts so Samantha where she's just like really wants to bone this like hot waiter at this new trendy restaurant, like how she waits everyone out. And then she's super resistant to make it happen. Um, It's yeah. And then that scene where, you know, he says he's single on MTV and how it actually like hurts her a little bit. It's just like, it's so good. So I'll, I'll do that as mine. Love that.
3: Catcher. Okay. Okay. Favorite episode. Uh, Luck be a lady. Um, Mm -hmm. This is when they go to uh, Atlantic city.
1: The Taj Mahal, the Trump Taj Mahal. Unfortunately,
3: it is a Trump building. The rest of it is amazing. The gambling, the way that Miranda is so caught up in gambling is clearly like a low key gambling addict <laughs> is incredible. Um, <laughs> but the scene when the uh, Carrie just stand like they start fighting that dude and at the end of the episode and everyone they just all so four good. of them backed each oh, other up. Oh, it's amazing, dude. I was, I was, cry- I was crying. And um, Emma was Emma was in the room and I was like, this might be the best episode of this show I've ever seen. I love these girls. And like what just happened was like genuinely emotional. And I just she's like, are you okay?' I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And I just like had to hide my face like I was just so moved. Like I just love these girls. And like that was like power girl moment. Like I love that. Um, And then
1: catch her, my sweet boy.
3: The post it only sticks sticks twice is Mm -hmm. L- like so right below that as like one of the best episodes of the show ever yeah. Miranda in skinny jeans and the pa- the mo- that she gets her oh, mojo back jeans. is like the
2: skinny jeans oh
3: my god like stop with this like it's so
1: great. also just like the idea of bed as like a club yeah is perfect. It it's just, the perfect i have no idea if polar. it was real or it's, not but I, if Ender was gonna have it it's gonna be new york right so also carrie getting
2: it, arrested or like arrest. carrie and samantha's smoking pot saying fuck men like yeah. Yeah. and then getting arrested yeah. is so good
3: um, and, and we also <laughs> get a classic uh samantha line in this episode or the posted episode because um charlotte now believes in fate you know as opposed to mm. before it was like whatever and now all of a sudden she believes Destiny. in the yeah. universe and putting all this stuff all together and Samantha, and at one point Samantha says we're all being protected by the universe in this like very sarcastic way that is just such a slam on Charlotte and I love it um <laughs> so those are the three of my favorite oh I also like critical condition but I'll move on uh favorite uh relationship uh Miranda and Tivo Without a dog <laughs> oh. is the best in the whole thing. Um, so classic, uh, yeah. a perfect Sex in the City changeup. up that, that's such a
1: great episode. Yeah. Like, and the way Magda comes in so guilty, knowing she's, like, I sat on her a Magda erased
2: is iconic comedy. Like, I
1: love Magda. She's so good. Yeah.
2: She's too good
3: for this world. She really. Is. Yeah. Um. Okay. So that was best relationship. Then best outfit. Obviously, we're gonna have to name drop a few. One of them is uh uh carrie wears this like knitted like flower doily kind of multicolored top oh yeah, uh, yeah i yeah, think yeah, in yeah. season episode two i think of season six Of season, right? I, I, think. I think no yeah. no season five i think
1: it's season five. i know you're talking about yeah. i
3: love it it's amazing um
1: it's very uncarried too but it works yes
3: uh it, like a, like an old woman would have that draped over something but instead it's a shirt like it's great um The outfit where she's wearing, like, the fuzzy, like, she's trying to be hot and drunk with with burger, and she wears that fuzzy (laughs) top that she buys at the store with Samantha. Uh, Love that. and. Oh,
2: my God. Sorry. And the best, speaking of best Samantha lines, my favorite line is when she walks into the lingerie store and she just goes what does she say she goes uh the store clerk comes up to her and she goes i need something that's gonna make a man come in his pants as soon as he sees
3: me okay <laughs> but what makes that line even better is the w- saleswoman goes give me one second and knows exactly she's- what she's talking about <laughs> it's so funny she walks away it's like oh hey they know their class. they know what their class are looking for uh, you know it's perfect so good um and then there was just one more oh uh um carrie Silk dress on the way to the stock exchange, running Which, late. Amazing!
1: I forgot to mention: in what world is a weekly columnist bestowed the honor of ring the bell when their company goes public? Amazing! That's what I want to know. Uh Yeah, it's not adding the same, up. The the same that, columnist that the demands a had a summary.
2: chaotic energy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: I ha-
3: I do that. have to say, quick side: the photo that they choose for her book cover is perfect the whole dialogue of her hating the original cover and the cover they pick the cover they pick is perfect amazing that's all
1: that that episode has so much product placement too yes. in that mm-hmm. there's like not a lot of product placement in the show other than like talking about brands but in this they do like full-on ads for a crispy cream uh amazon and then one other thing the like full-on the amazon one is so egregious it's like why go to a bookstore when you can order with express shipping free today i'm like oh my god <laughs> Hello. Oh, I guess they needed some cash to finish out that season or something exactly. like that
3: oh that that um, Prada dress also that she wears is very good mm,
1: I like that yeah. dress and that is our episode of Cynonauts in the City Kev we're going to need to get back here uh, for regular Cynonauts but uh, what is the Ammonite Movie Night crew what are y'all up to
0: um, yeah so Ammonite Movie Night is me and my buddy Jared and you know we each pick a movie uh, one week out of the month we one of us picks a really long one Um, But generally, we come and we have two movies. We just did uh, Joe Dante's Matinee, little-known movie Mm. from the early 90s with John Goodman, and Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow, which I definitely (laughs) watched. Um, I definitely, we, you should listen to it. We hated it. um, And when you, so that's out when people hear this, and then next week, we're doing Amadeus. So that's exciting.
2: Oh, I've never seen it. I
1: I love Amadeus.
0: I've never seen it. That
2: movie
1: is so good. Yeah. That, that was a movie where I watched when I was like becoming like a young little cinephile. I think I watched that when I was in like eighth grade and I was like, whoa, this is like fucking crazy. Uh, nice. I think you'll enjoy it. That's really a, a good movie. Also, I guess the long one for the month, I'm assuming. Yep. Um, nice.
0: We're also starting up a podcast in uh, about a month or so called Midlife Post Crisis. It's a monthly show where we go through the post crisis period of DC Comics. Oh. So oh. If, I mean- if you can think it, we're doing it.
1: Wow. Amazing. Sounds like right, it can be right up catchers oh, yes, Nice. Feeling. DC that's Boys, a, baby. A, it's also a great name for a podcast. Good work on that. Uh, well, Kev, thank you for joining us and giving yeah. us a fresh perspective on Sex and the City and our gals. Uh, any closing thoughts on, on the series or the reboot or the film? Anything yeah. Like that?
0: You know, I have a bunch of things that we didn't mention that all came back to me like that's so Sorry. Raven. Um, <laughs> a Amy Sedaris and Molly Shannon as the Holy literary shit. agents.
2: What uh-huh. what have Huge. we done here? What
0: right. have we done here? Right. Um, thank you, Kev. Hilarious, amazing. Two. I love when Carrie's weird, and in the Atlantic yeah. City episode, her idea of a big night out is the girls going to see ZZ Top. A, you know she <laughs>
1: loves her. She knows she loves her hair metal.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. I also want to thank you guys because without you know, Sinonauts is usually such a really great, thoughtful, wonderful show. And like, I had no idea. Usually I had no idea what this was, what sex in the city was going to be or what it was or why you guys were covering it. And you've brought just as much thoughtfulness and insight Mm. and just wonderful stuff to this. um, As you do to stuff like LaHan and uh, (laughs) Half and I don't know what else have you guys covered Armageddon. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, hey, and you that's know. what we want to bring because this should have been this discourse for Sex in the City the whole time. Yeah. It should be looked at with, uh, with extreme detail and no, uh, thought right. behind it. So Pinky's I'm up. glad, yeah, pinkies up. Just okay.
2: make sure they're manicured.
0: Because <laughs> said it best. He said that this is a show about the greatest stories ever told, supposedly. <laughs> right? <laughs> and and, yeah. and Sex in the City. I can't believe I'm saying this. Absolutely is.
1: Oh yes, Kevin. It absolutely is to our ears.
0: Even when it's total trash, it absolutely yes. is.
1: Kevin, thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us. We get we'll figure out when we can get you back on uh, for traditional Synanauts, uh programming. But in the meantime, we will talk to you soon. Boom catcher. I will see you next week. See you soon, guys. Love you